0: We have had a very busy five months. We have worked really hard on the Sermon on the Mount. That is heavy Bible, heavy theology stuff. And seeing as how it's summer, I wanted to do something a little bit different for us. So we're going to be spending the summer looking at some of the unusual characters in the Bible. We're going to start with a guy named Balaam. Balaam is found originally in the book of Numbers. And... um, If you pray with me, we will study a little bit about who he is and how we might be a little bit like him. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity. Help us do something good with it. In your name we pray, amen. So there are many well-known prophets in scripture. You have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, half of the Old Testament prophets. But Balaam is a little bit different. Some say that he was a prophet. He would often introduce himself as a diviner. Um, I'm going to split the difference, and I'm going to call him a prophet for hire. For a guy who is not super well-known among church folks, there is a ton of ink spilled in the Scripture about him. He is in the Old Testament And in the New Testament, he shows up for the first time in the book of Numbers and ends up being referenced at the far end of the book of Revelation. In fact, they believe that there is more about Balaam in Scripture than there is about Mary, mother of Jesus. So we might not know a lot about him, but he was a pretty popular guy, at least as far as the Scripture is concerned. Let me give you the cliff notes on him. It all starts with a guy named Balak. Balak is the king of Moab, and he has found himself in a pretty big predicament. The problem is this. There's these people called the Israelites, and there's a lot of them, a ton of them. And they have been roaming around in the ancient world. They are en route to the Promised Land. They've been en route for about 35 years. And with a few minor exceptions, everywhere that they go, they pretty much take over and conquer. So now they are on the border of Moab. And Balak, who is the king of Moab, is very concerned about what's going to happen because he knows his history. He knows that when these people show up, the countries get destroyed. So he goes to his local Yellow Pages, looks up the closest diviner, happens to be this guy Balaam, and sends out a search party to get Balaam and bring him to Moab so that as this prophet for hire, he can now curse the Israelite people. First recruitment team shows up and Balaam hears this offer. Now, it's interesting. Sometimes somebody will come and ask us to do something, and the offer just doesn't seem sweet enough. You know, there's just, there's just not enough in it for us. And, and you know that we're kind of getting lowballed. balled so, so Balaam sees this happening, and he says, Well, I'll tell you what. Let you guys spend the night. I'll check it out with God. If he signs off on it, I'll, I'll come with you. So Balaam goes before the Lord, and the Lord says, you shall not go with these people. You shall not curse the Israelites. They are blessed. The team trudges all the way back home. They tell Balak. Once again, Balak sent officials. He's going to come back a second time with this. Now, these officials are more numerous and more distinguished than the ones that he sent out. The first time. And they come to Balaam, and they say that Balak, son of Zippor, says, Do not let anything hinder you from coming to me, for I will surely do you great honor, and whatever you say to me, I will do. Just curse these people for me. That had to be very flattering for Balaam, don't you think? Because the first team came out, he turned them down, so now they've sent out a second team. And now we have the really distinguished people. This is not the teacher calling. This is the principal. This is not your county commissioner. This is the U.S. senator. We're not talking to a casting agent. We're talking to director Ron Howard himself. Balaam's ego must have exploded. And it is amazing, friends. It is amazing what we feel called to do based upon who is asking us, And what might potentially be in it for us? So Balaam has now been asked twice, which is a big deal, considering that these weren't just phone calls. These were like whole search parties going out to recruit him. And these people have trekked across the ancient world to get to him. But Balaam replies to the servants of Balak. Although Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, so you can tell his mind's on the money, I could not go beyond the command of the Lord my God to do less or more. You remain here as the others did that I may learn more what the Lord may say to me. That seems very noble, doesn't it? Because just just because Balak is going to offer him tons and tons of money, he still feels the need, though, to put in this disclaimer that he can only do what God gives him to do. He can only say what God says he can say. So he just wants to keep himself covered here. Already he's laying out this don't shoot the messenger sort of thing. Imagine how this follow-up conversation with God is gonna go. God Please, let me do this. He is offering me big bucks, and I've got to do this. All I need to do is just throw down a few curses. It's not a big deal. It's not my fault, God. I'm just a humbly awesome diviner, and they keep seeking me out, and they're asking me for help, and, and God, just please, just let me do this. So that night, God came to Balaam and said to him, if these men have come to summon you, get up, go with them but do only what I tell you to do. So Balaam gets up in the morning, saddles his donkey, and went with the officials of Moab. God has done something here that parents, for time and memoriam, have also done. It goes like this. Mom, it's summer. Can I, can I please draw something? Maybe on the walls? No. No. Mom, what about now? Can I, can I do this now? Mom, can we go here now? Can we do this now? What about five minutes from now? Mom, 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 mom. And eventually, what do moms say? Fine, do whatever you want. Just don't burn the house down, right? Maybe just, maybe just the Lee house. I don't, I don't know. But God gives us everything that we need to lead these productive, full, and abundant lives. He speaks to us with truth and grace, but he never forces his word upon us. It's always our choice. So God said no to Balaam, but it was obvious that this was something that Balaam wanted to do. Like, he had it in his mind that he was going to do this because they kept coming back at him and offering more money. And what was this big deal? And and it is really flattering, right, when a group of people keep telling you, you can do this, you can do this, come do this for us. So God spoke his peace, and Balaam kept pushing until he got what he wanted all along. Verse 22, Now God's anger was kindled because he was going, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the road as his adversary. Now he was riding on a donkey, and his two servants were with him. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with drawn sword in his hand. So the donkey turned off the road and went to the field. And Balaam struck the donkey to turn it back onto the road. So here's the recap on this. This so-called prophet of the Lord could not see the revelation of God, but his donkey could. You know what another word for a donkey is, right? right? So this is one of the key things that we should learn from Balaam. Sometimes we are so blinded by our own desires that even those people around us who we think are total donkeys stand a better chance of seeing the righteousness of god so what does that make us then sometimes the angel of the lord again stands in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on either side and when the donkey saw the angel of the lord it scraped against the wall and scraped Balaam's foot against the wall, so he struck it again. Then the angel of the Lord went ahead, stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn, either to the right or the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Now you get this, right? Because donkeys are supposed to be the stubborn ones but balaam cannot take a hint here he's not figuring out that this is not a good idea that god is not standing with him on this but there's also something else going on here what do all of us do with those voices that we don't want to hear when somebody says to us you know i don't i don't think that's a good idea maybe you should go in a different direction when we get it into our minds that we're going to do something, and we're so determined to do it, we just ignore. We just ignore every voice that we don't want to hear. We beat them out of our lives. When we don't want to hear that racism exists, we just, we just pretend that we don't hear someone say something derogatory to another person. When we don't wanna hear that children are being abused, we just change the channel on the news. We put blinders on and plugs in our ears to those who warn us about bad choices that that maybe we don't even know how bad they they are, but we're gonna do them anyway. When we get so determined that we are gonna do something, we just tune out everybody around us that we don't wanna hear. Well, Balaam knew that he wasn't doing something that was going to glorify God, but it was going to make him a lot of money. And maybe, maybe he's negotiating. Maybe he thought to himself, well, okay, look, I'll just do this, and once I get some money, I'll give a little bit to God. If only this stupid donkey would get up and get moving. But what happens next catches Balaam off guard. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey... And it said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam says to the donkey, because you made a fool of me. I wish I had a sword in my hand. I will kill you right now. Okay, stop for a second and understand that we now have a grown man having a conversation with a donkey, right? Did you catch that part? But he doesn't even stop. It doesn't phase it doesn't him. You don't hear him say, wait, wait you're talking to me? You're talking donkey? Are we in Shrek? Is that what's going on? No, no. Balaam is so dead set on what he is going to do that all he can think about is himself. And so when the donkey asks this question, what do I do? What did I do to you? Balaam's response is, you embarrassed me. You are the one who embarrassed me. You caused this problem. It is amazing amazing, friends, how capable we are of taking our own sin and making it somebody else's fault and problem. The shooter in in one of these recent school shootings targeted a girl who turned him down, and the news report was that she embarrassed him, so that makes it okay, right? Now, most of us are not going to have these extreme examples, but think of that you do on a daily basis for which you blame others. Well, officer, I realize I was going 30 miles over the speed limit, but wasn't my fault. I was just going with the flow of traffic. Right? No, I I didn't tip the barista, but neither did the guy in front of me. It's not, it's not my problem, it's somebody else's problem. Or my favorite one. Oh, well, yeah, I mean. I was talking about Mrs. Smith, but so were all the other ladies in the group. We're very, very quick to make our sin somebody else's fault. And the donkey, the donkey is not having this. So the donkey says to Balaam, am I not your donkey which you have ridden all your life to this day? Have I been in the habit of treating you in this way? And Balaam, who's had a lot to say up to this point, comes back with no. No, even the donkey, and remember, there's another word for donkey, isn't buying Balaam's excuses or his actions. So consider this situation that is unfolding before us. Balaam's situation is so bad that he's being called out by a talking donkey. That is how blatant our sin is capable of being, that even your local donkey can see it for what it is. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw an angel of the Lord standing in the road with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed down, falling on his face. The angel of the Lord said to him, "'Why have you struck your donkey these three times? I have come out as an adversary because your way is perverse before me.' The donkey saw me, the donkey saw me, and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away from me surely I would have by now have you killed have killed you and let it live. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know you were standing in the road to oppose me. Have you ever thought about that when you do get pulled over for speeding? You probably speed all the time, but you only want to acknowledge it when the officer's right there. Had I known officer that you were there, I certainly would have tapped the brakes a lot sooner. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but speak only what I tell you to speak. And so Balaam went with the officials of Balak. Talk about egg on your face. Balaam, who has been hitting and striking this donkey that he clearly thinks is a donkey, this whole time until God gets right up into Balaam's face and calls him out. And sometimes we need that reality check. We need it in our friendships, we need it in our marriages, in our relationships with God and with one another. Sometimes you just have to get up in another person's face if they are not getting it. And it changes our course and the ultimate outcome. Remember, Balaam was a prophet for hire, he was hired to show up and curse Israel. So imagine the shock on the king's face when Balaam not only doesn't curse Israel, but actually blesses them. There's two more chapters to this story. And in those chapters, what you learn is that twice, twice over, Balaam stands up and he blesses Israel in front of the guy that's paying him to curse Israel. Now, you may think that the reason that Balaam makes it into the New Testament is because of this whole talking donkey business. It's not. What I fail to mention to you is that the references to Balaam in the New Testament are far from flattering. Instead, he is used as a model example of what we should not be. Because Balaam did something that a lot of us also do. When we ignore the talking donkeys, when God has already gotten up in our face, our next step is loophole, loophole, loophole. Balaam was hoping for that payday. He, he had been flattered, he had traveled, he wanted to get his money. But he was locked into this, this concept of he could only say what God told him he could say, and so he wasn't going to curse Israel. Let's find the loophole. Since he's not going to outright curse Israel, what if Israel brought the curse upon itself? Like, what if, what if someone, we'll call him Balaam, introduced the pagan god or prostitution to the people of Israel? All these things that that would cause Israel to sin and that way they generate their own curse and they bring it on themselves and he doesn't actually have to say it and look at that, he gets paid, it all works out, they get cursed and that's the end of the story. Little side note here though, Balaam's plan failed because God was already onto it and God had already forgiven Israel and had already let them suffer the consequences of their sins. So long story short, Moab still goes down. The Israelites still make it to the promised land. And Balaam, well Balaam likely rode off into the sunset of shame and embarrassment on the back of a talking donkey. So I guess that's what happens to us when we refuse to listen to God, when we ignore those around us who seek to keep us accountable, and we also try to wiggle our way through the loopholes of life. Let's pray together. Holy God, sometimes we listen to scripture and we think, wow, talking donkey. But the amazing thing is that sometimes it takes a talking donkey to get our attention to correct our course, to draw us closer to you, to hold us accountable for those things that do not bring glory and honor to you. And so we pray, Lord, that as we listen to this story this morning, as we study your word, that you would help us to see the important role that talking donkeys have in our life. Be with us now as we share in the bread and the cup, as your people are fed and equipped for work and ministry in the week ahead. In your name we pray. Amen.